0: This hobby is really addictive.
1: <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome back to the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, JR. Hope your holidays are going well. After the new year, we're going to have a new segment called Ask the Aquascaper with George Farmer, and it's going to include you guys. So if you have a question, record it and send the audio file to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com for your chance to have your question featured on the show and answered personally by George Farmer. Joining us today from Scotland is Andrea Friel. Andrea's been involved in the hobby for a couple of years, and although she's too modest to say, I'll say it for her, she's a really great aquascaper. Check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. You can also check out all of the interviews and shows on Stitcher Radio as well as iTunes. Send in your comments and questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com.
0: I live in Scotland, but I'm originally from the Czech Republic which is a quite a tiny country in the middle of Europe, uh, famous for some great beer, but it's also the largest exporter of tropical fish in Europe, in Europe. So I'm a fish person, really. And when I was getting back into the hobby, I wanted something more than fish. So I went onto the internet and I was looking for some ideas on how to design my fish tank. And I came across I think it was Jeff Sensky's designs. I actually discovered him before Amano (laughs) and I really liked it and I thought, wow, that's cool. So really I did a little bit more digging around the internet and that's how I discovered aquascaping. Lonely here in Scotland because there aren't really any big names aquasca- big names in aquascaping. So I just researched it on the internet. You know, there's the UCAPS forum, which is like a great database of all sorts of information. People share their successes, people share their failures or challenges. So you know, there's there's a lot on the internet. Yeah, really, with a little bit of research, um, I think you can go a long way. But I think you need to experiment as well.
1: And now that you are into aquascaping, do you prefer the fish more or the plants more?
0: (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I like them both equally, but what I still like to do is I like designing the tanks around the fish. See, a lot of aquascapers have an idea and they do these sophisticated layouts, which are absolutely gorgeous and the plants are just so lush and gorgeous, but often the fish in there are there just to complement the scape, whereas I like to approach it the other way around. I have a fish in mind and then I create the setup. So. Often, it's not something that's very sophisticated. It may just be a simple black water type of tank, but it really does make the fish shine. And also, you can do a lot with a great piece of wood or rock. You know, it doesn't always need to be plants. So I'm still learning the plant route, but I do like to divert into different type of setups as well. You don't really need to go hardcore right from the beginning. You can start with something simple if you really don't have the experience or time or money because I think simple layouts can be gorgeous and inspiring. Um, If you do find a fabulous looking piece of wood, either in an online shop or, you know, going for a walk somewhere, pick it up and keep it because you can make it the centerpiece of your tank and you know, your tank can look very beautiful and you can always take it out and start planting or doing something more complicated later. So, you know, don't delay the start just because you don't have the money or the time. Invest in some good hardscape equipment and a good tank and just take it from there.
1: You know, here in the United States, uh, keeping a you know a fish tank is a relatively cheap thing to do, but when you move into aquascaping, there's bigger pieces of equipment that cost more money, and and sometimes that puts people off. And one of those items is a CO2 regulator uh, and CO2 equipment. How have you benefited from using CO2 in your setups?
0: It's benefited me personally greatly because I'm so impatient. And CO2 really does speed up the growth. So I don't want to just sit around for weeks and watch the plants grow slowly. I mean, CO2, especially at the beginning, is really important. On the other hand, I don't think you need it. If you're a bit more patient and if you get the lighting right and the fertilizers and everything and you know, you do your regular water changes and stuff, you can actually do without it. I mean, there's so many plants. I think those lovely mini Anubias or bucephalandra plants that, you, you know, you can attach to a rock or wood, I think they were godsend for a beginner. They're beautiful, they flower you know they're ridiculously easy to look after and i've even kept red plants without co2 not sure how maybe it was an accident but i don't think it's really necessary I, I again i don't have an answer for it but if you're impatient like me get it if you're kind of happy to experiment and sit back and relax no you don't need it
1: let's begin let's begin let's begin Are you part of an aquascaping group in your community or an aquatic plant society? If not, I highly recommend looking into your area to see if there's one that you can join. And if not, maybe it's time for you to pave the way and create your own. Here's John from the Chicago Aquatic Plant Society to talk briefly about the
2: benefits. Hello, I'm uh, John Peeney. I am a member of the AGA and one of the board members with Chicago Aquatic Plant Society. Our group really exists to support local uh, people who are interested or or really at any level. People who are experienced with aquascaping that uh, just want some camaraderie or somebody who's never had a plant in their tank before and they're just looking to get started. I've been able to develop and I want to see other people do the same thing. Not be discouraged by uh, or be intimidated by the scapes they see or the complexity of of some of the things that goes into aquascaping. For me, just personally, uh, the camaraderie, having other people with the same interest is is huge. You can find in this group mentors, and you can find people that are going to learn from you, and you can find peers, and you can bounce ideas off off of each other. We swap plants without charge at at all of our monthly meetings. Uh, We do provide educational events where people can come in. They can hear a talk. uh, They can uh, participate in a workshop. So we're really trying to make an impact on the community around here. And uh, with starting just a year ago, we now have, you know, several hundred members. um, And I think we are really making an impact.
1: Thanks to Sean for getting an interview with John from the Chicago Aquatic Plant Society while at the Aquatic Experience in Chicago. To find out more about the Chicago Aquatic Plant Society, check them out on Facebook or go to ChicagoAquaticPlants.com.
0: you know when i was getting my first tank about 2 years ago i thought that that's just it you know i'm going to do it up real nice and you know if i if i failed then i'll do it over again and it never ends with one tank right then you need another one then another one and then you kind of keep asking your friends do you hey do you want a fish tank <laughs>
1: We were talking earlier. You mentioned setting up a basic aquascape for an elementary school in your hometown in the Czech Republic. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, in Patchwood, the kids um, have actually looked after it tremendously well. I'm so surprised. Um, I mean, it was kind of difficult to put it up all together because the kids are, you know, so impatient and um, they wanted the the fish in straight away and but we got there in the end you know it's a kind of fairly easy low-tech setup but considering their young cats around you know seven to nine years old they're really really doing great doing their water changes and all the basics that they need to do you know even the very young ones can do it with a little bit of help from from the grown-ups it's sometimes good to go back to basics
1: where would you like to see the hobby go in the in the
0: future I would just really like more people to know what aquascaping is because when I talk to my friends or my husband you know they still think it's some sort of an underground movement so unless you're really an aquascaper or you take the hobby seriously, nobody else around you knows what it really is. So I think if people became more aware what aquascaping is, it would be easier for the aquascapers to get more recognition. Just like anybody knows what bungee jumping is, really. <laughs> that you don't need to do <laughs> it, but, you know, everybody knows what it is. So, yeah, but I think it's good that there's now so many people in the hobby and of course we've got internet so you know the word is spreading and more and more people are getting into it so i think we're on the right track
1: if you could only choose one fish and one plant to work with (laughs) for the rest of your life what would those be and why
0: wow i i hope i um i never have to do that to be honest it's
1: it's a rather dark question actually but
0: (laughs) it is it is you know but in in terms of the the fish um it would probably be south american dwarf cichlids, like apistograma because you know they've got a they're little fish with big personality in terms of the plants i i I don't know. Um, Honestly, that's a tough one. Just one thing I'd like to mention. So occasionally I'm in touch with George Farmer, which I'm sure you know. He's one of the biggest aquascapers in the UK. You know, he's given me a lot of support, uh, just like... um, Other guys, for example, James Sheen, who runs the biggest Facebook aquascaping group in the UK, or Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics in the US, they liked a tank or two that I created and you know, they gave me a lot of confidence and support. So I think my advice for people who are new to the hobby, again, would be, you know, don't, don't be afraid to get in touch with people who have experience and they can really support you in your journey. And, you know, they're great at making this hobby popular, which is good for everyone.
1: You're absolutely right the people in this hobby all the way right up to the top you know even the ieplc winners are wide open to talking with uh you know fans or people that are interested so it's a very giving community like you said don't be afraid really the reason behind this show is just because the people that are involved at the higher levels were open to talk to sean and i and that's you know fantastic
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true and and, and you're right. Our community is is so great. You know, thank you. You're you're just so kind and supportive and you made it a lot easier. So, thank you so much, Jay. Bye-bye.
1: All right, that's it for this week's episode of the Aquascaping Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Jay Art. If you'd like to see some of Andrea's work, just check out the show notes. Go to aquascapingpodcast.com and look for this episode. And don't forget to send in your audio questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com for your chance to have George Farmer answer your question live right here on the show. Don't forget to check out all the interviews and episodes at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Happy holidays, everybody, and we'll see you next time.